been listening to MOD Channel. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG channel where we help you to see real and practical Christians from God's word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today, we're going to be looking at what I would call notable miracles. Now, our text is going to be taken from Acts chapter 4, verse 16, actually. Uh, The context of Acts chapter 4, verse 16 is when um, Peter and John went into or were going to the temple and they healed this cripple, this lame man who was lame from birth. And after that, they preached to a crowd. About 2,000 people got saved and that pissed off the religious leaders. So they arrested them, brought them on trial. And uh, so a lot of talk ensued. They asked them to make their defense. And uh, by the time Peter and uh, John had spoken, Actually, Peter was a spokesperson. After he had spoken, I mean, <laughs> look at their analysis. The, the Pharisees or the councilmen, their analysis was from verse 13. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. So, the man who was healed was there with them. He was standing right there with them. Now it says, But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them. Now, the word notable, I checked out uh, the Amplified, and the Amplified, you know, calls it extraordinary you know, miracle. But uh, I think I would rather stick with the <laughs> explanation of the King James um, because the word there in the Greek is gnostos or, yeah, gnosetos or something like that. And it means a known or notable miracle. So I think I'll stick with those guys. The Amplified says extraordinary, but I think I'll stick with the notable. And I'll tell you why in a second because before I used to believe that the idea of a notable miracle here was the fact that the man because we're going to read the text about the man who they healed and you realize a few things about that man um that made it quite notable but before i used to think okay because it was um a man who was crippled that walked that is why there was so much commotion uh but no there's something else about it so here it says a notable miracle has been done by them is manifested to all that them that dwell in jerusalem and we cannot deny it we cannot deny it. Now, why couldn't they deny it? Because what, that's what makes it notable. We can't deny this miracle. Why could they not deny <laughs> the miracle? Well, this is um, for Acts 4. The answer will be found in Acts chapter 3. Okay? From verse 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple so we can you know 
point out a few facts from here. First of all, this man was lame from birth. He was born lame. Number one. And number two, he was placed at the most important building in the entire Jerusalem, the temple. The temple was the place of worship. That is, the, or the assumption of the Jews is that God lived in that temple. And so, the temple was the most visited building in the entire <laughs> Jerusalem. And in fact, Israel, we see uh, snippets of Jesus himself when he was 12, visiting the temple. So even from being a boy, all right, he visited that temple. So that means even Jesus in his lifetime has seen that cripple, this guy, over the years. Everybody knew this guy. Everybody passed by because he was right at the gate of the temple. The gate is called Beautiful. He was right there and he was begging for alms. Every morning they'd bring him, drop him, and at the night they'd take him back. So people got used to him. Like It's like how you would identify the temple. You just get used to... You know how you can get used to something in your house, for example, like your TV, for example. Like you just get used to your TV being on the wall. You're just used to seeing it. Till the day <laughs> you're just walking by and realize the TV is not on the wall. Like, ah. You know how it is that you just pass and then you... Like those movies, you just walk back and look again and... Ah. Then he does it that someone has stolen your TV. You know, that kind of, you know, comic <laughs> idea. So this man had been there for years. So he was known all over the place. He was known to everybody. Everybody knew this guy was lame. This is his situation. He was at the gate begging. And I mean, the people who had given to him over the years, they had known, they were familiar with his condition. And so when all of a sudden, see what happens. He said... Um, of course, who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asked him, ask alms. So, people who are about to go to the temple, he would, even if you wanted to ignore him, he would ask alms of you. That is, he would beseech you, he would beg you for money. So, you can't say you did not see him. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them. That's it. He gave his attention to them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter says, Silver and gold I have not, but what I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, I preached on this yesterday. Um, that's Saturday at the move of God. So you can just check out YouTube and look for yesterday's message. Uh, that will be the 13th of November. Just check it out. Uh, I explained the, what's, what Peter meant by what I have, give I you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered in with them into the temple. Now this is quite profound. He entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. So this guy, remember, was always outside the temple. For the first time, he went into the temple. So imagine this is someone you're used to seeing outside and in a city instead of being crippled. All of a sudden, you're there doing your prayers or whatever you're doing or your sacrifice you came to do and then you hear someone shouting, shouting, shouting and you turn and see this guy. I mean, that's going to shake you. Number one, he's in the temple. What's he doing in the temple? Number two, he's walking. My goodness. That was startling. It was rattling and we're going to see the effect of that, you know, that that thing to show you why it was so notable. He says that all the people saw him walking and praising God and they knew that it was he that sat for arms at the gate called Beautiful. Are you seeing that of the temple? And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. They were shocked. Like, what? That's that guy. 
you know, he, he I'm sure they didn't even know his name because they just called him the, the beggar at the gate called Beautiful. So his situation had become his name. Oh, the beggar at the gate called Beautiful. Is it not that guy? Ah, they were shocked. They were like shook, so, 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 so shook. Like, what? <laughs> and were filled with amazement, filled with wonder at that which had happened to him. They were shocked. And as the lame man which was healed helped Peter and John, all the people ran together. Are you seeing that unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's? Greatly was wondering. Look at that. Greatly wondering. They were, ah, eh? wait, to see calculations in their head. This guy was, ah, eh? You know, it shook them. Shook them so bad. Shook them so bad. And then it gave Peter the opportunity to preach to them. And when Peter saw it, he answered to the people, saying, Ye men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we have made this man to walk? So he now preached them. Now, after he has preached them, see the effect of that preaching. Of course, you know that the, um, look at verse 1, 4 verse 1, and as they spoke unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved. <laughs> they were very upset that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid... <laughs> oh, okay, I've seen something I didn't see before. Why are they so upset? The Sadducees, the Sadducees don't believe in resurrection, so to preach that Christ was resurrected was very upsetting to them. It says, and they laid hands on them and put them in prison unto the next day, for it was now evening. However, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Remember, there were three. Oh, wait, what? Uh, okay, this is interesting. I just, I realized I've been preaching something funny. The first time, I think, um, um, on the, which day was that? Uh... That's the Acts 2, which is what we call the Pentecost. 3,000 got saved. But here he's saying here that many of them which heard the word believed and the number of the men was about 5,000. In other words, <laughs> wow, this is interesting. Just the men counted here were 5,000. That means there were probably more. The women, there were, you know, children probably. So there were probably eight, 9,000 that believed. So you can see the effect about eight, let's just assume about 8,000 people believed because of this one miracle and that's why i'll always preach and say that you cannot excuse the place of miracles when it comes to preaching the gospel because you can see the multiplied effect it amplifies the effect of the message that you're preaching if paul i said paul if peter had stood up and said hey brethren brethren gather i have something to share with you and was sharing preaching 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 they probably have slapped him beat him and threw him out of the prison of the, of the temple because they're like oh, whatever but when a miracle was added, my goodness, the effect of his message was so greatly multiplied that about 8,000 people got saved on the spot. So you can't say, uh, oh, no, 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 I don't care about miracles. Miracles are not important. No, 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 no. You'll be wrong for that. Every believer is expected to grow in his or ability to work miracles. You can see that notable miracles and the other thing to note here is the location of this miracle this was the most important building in the entire city the most important building the temple funny enough this is the second time that a miracle was happening at this building because the first time was in Acts 2 
when the disciples, when the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke in tongues. Many people think they were in, they were in an upper room, but they were not because Luke tells us in the book of Luke that they were in the temple daily praising God. They were in the upper room in Acts 1, but in Acts 2, they were in the temple. They were, the Bible says they were sitting in a house. That house was the temple because um, which house were they sitting that all those people were hearing them. It was, this was, this was, is it, yeah, it was Pentecost. This was Pentecost. So all the Jews, they, they would be at the temple. That is where they would be because it was Pentecost. It was a very important Jewish feast that Jews from all over the world in different countries came once a year to observe. You see that? So that means that it was a temple. So this is the second time a notable miracle. Because the first miracle was the fact that these guys spoke in tongues and they prophesied. And everybody, and that day, 3,000 got saved. Then again, this is happening at the temple. So what made it notable was the location, the person, you know, the situation. And I want to say this to you because I'm not just pointing something out to you in the Bible. The reason for this is that you must realize that here, God was glorified. Many people had the opportunity to receive salvation. I want to tell you that God is looking forward to us becoming um, people who give him glory by this method. What does that mean? It means that all over your city, all over the country, all over the world, in your schools, in your church, in um, wherever, in the bus, there are are people, there are notable miracles waiting to be explored. There are people who have had conditions and situations that have defied, you know, doctors and all that. There are people who have been sick for years that everybody knows this person is sick. Everybody knows this person is sick. You know, and we see this uh, trend, actually, we see this trend. Look at um, Peter um, in Acts chapter 9. It says, from verse 32, Now it came to pass, as Peter went through all parts of the country, that he also came to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. There he found a certain man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. So look at this again. He had been what? Bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. So all who dwelt in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Are you seeing this? So, all who dwelt at Lida and Sharon saw him and what? Turned to the Lord. Are you seeing that? <laughs> because <laughs> this man was lived at Lida and <laughs> he was bedridden eight years. He was paralyzed. The whole town knew of his condition. They knew and they had, they had identified his condition as hopeless. That nothing could be done about this situation. And all of a sudden, this man got healed. This man bedridden for eight years. It, it blew their minds. He says, all of them turned to the Lord. The whole city turned to the Lord. Because they knew the situation. And they knew that for that man to get up, it had to be God. And they knew that the message that Peter was preaching was true. Because it could, just, it could only be God that did that. So... You know, if we want to see what we call revival and everything, we have to be willing to take risks and step out. We have to be willing to put our ego and fear aside and all those um, selfish things about us, that thing about being ashamed of the gospel, being ashamed of, well, what if it doesn't work? What We have to throw those things aside. We have to decide to get up and do something. We have to decide that God's glory is more important than our shame. 
that giving him glory is more important. We have to take risks. We have to go out there and preach the gospel and back it up with signs and wonders. You are in the bus. It's time to preach. You know, you are, you are, you are wherever. It's time to preach. And <laughs> that beggar you've been seeing for years, that just might be God's glory. <laughs> Not even might be. That's God's glory trapped in that person's situation. And imagine if that happens. Everybody in that area, it, they will gather. Have you ever seen when people are fighting on the road and people gather? Or maybe a car has accident, people gather. They gather to come and watch this spectacle. So how much more when these things happen? The church, we as a church, and I say we because we did the same basket. We as a church have been too comfortable in buildings. We hold most of our meetings in buildings, healing meetings and online buildings. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a place for that. But it is time actually to begin to take it out there. You know, and that's going to be a challenge because there's some ministers who believe that without keyboard, without feeling anointing, that nothing can happen. But this is Peter literally on the, on the street. Which keyboard is anybody playing? There's nothing happening like that. And he literally took this stuff in his hands. He believed in the authority that was given to him by Jesus Christ, given to all believers, and he did it. So you can see, and you, and, and you will see that this was consistent in their life. So it wasn't guesswork. It wasn't guesswork. And that time we'll discuss the authority that the believer has. But I shared that in yesterday's message on the move of God. So you can get that. <laughs> so, guys, this is just an encouragement for you to step out. For you to realize that God needs to be glorified. That many need to get saved. And this is God's method. The miracles are God's method of advertisement. They are God's method of convincing, of, of, of lending potency to your message you are preaching. It makes it much more valid. It makes it much more believable. Glory to God. Guys, that's it for today. Uh, today is Sunday, so I hope <laughs> that you are on your way to church or maybe you see this after you're done. Or whenever you see this, be encouraged and be blessed, all right? Uh, this is a podcast uh, that I'm doing after a very long hiatus and I'm hoping that I'll be able to do more of these. I've been quite uh, occupied all right guys that's it for today um god bless you of course there's also ymc coming up in december the 19th of december um head over to at we are on instagram w-e-a-r-e-y-e-n and check out just check out bio you see how to register you know it's eight thousand naira it's just um 19 to 20 21st and seconds three days anyway and it's gonna be awesome gonna be mind-blowing want to see you there god bless you have a wonderful day and bye-bye. If this blessed you, or you want to say hi, or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram at pst.essien, pst.essien. Also, if you've been blessed and you'd love to support what we do here at MOG Podcast, then you can give to 0106-207-685. I'll say that again. 0106-207-685 GT Bank. God bless you.